Hello and welcome to the final Base News Network episode, what? Episode of the year 2023. Don't I'm, get our haters excited. Don't get the haters excited. I'm Sophie, aka Joan of Arca, and I'm here with the wonderful Kayo, aka Punk Revolution. Now say hi, Kayo. Hi. Today, we are doing a 2023 recap, and we've each independently pulled together five stories that we are just we just really want to talk about. They might not necessarily be the most significant stories of the year, but they're ones that we want to talk about again and just sort of highlight and ones we kind of think represent just the year. A reflection on the year, some of the most based stories, fun stories, sad stories, just stories. We're storytellers. We're storytellers. Welcome to the Base News Network podcast. Per. All right, so We've decided, Kaio, you're going to go first with your, your very first story. Okay. And by the way, for the listeners, Sophie and I have not shared our list with each other yet, so there might be some duplicates, but that's, that's okay. That'll be part of the fun. So my fifth, uh, my number five on my list is the Lizzo banana scandal. Oh my God, I completely forgot about that. <gasps> Yeah. Oh. See, this is why we're doing this episode. It's because this was a crazy year. We got to soak it in. So the Lizzo banana episode, I feel like it was one of those things that probably our brains have all collectively just erased from our me- memories because it was it was really weird. The, 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 the serious side of the story was that Lizzo's employees, her her backup dancers i believe it were was yes they put together like a lawsuit claiming that lizzo's work environment was a hostile work environment with details about fights and just a very unpleasant work environment and then i think the 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 headline that everyone remembers was allegedly lizzo and her dancers went out to banana themed strip club or something like that in Amsterdam and and was encouraging her 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 dancers to eat eat the banana eat the the banana eat the banana out of the vagina okay all right yes there you go that's what I said that's well that's the news (sighs) that's the news so one thing though I have to say is so remember when we did this episode, Sophie, we did like a lot of deep diving in and out of reading, reading through you, you did a great job of reading. Thank you. I, I had the whole, the details. I had the lawsuit pulled up. I had the whole, you had the lawsuit pulled the up. PDF up. You had a whole PDF. And I, th- so there's a couple things. One, I remember the story being a bit. I think we I think everyone kind of left the story off feeling a little bit ambiguous about it because there I remember there was one like little clip of of the the dancers being interviewed that went viral that the 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 peop, the dancers just didn't sound very persuasive like they like that the the work environment was all that bad I don't remember but I just I remember it's just you know it's one of those it's it's one of those things where it it felt like a little bit Okay, maybe Lizzo's not the best boss, but is it quite into like illegal territory? Not sure. Yeah, I mean, I think reading through the document, there were some items that seemed dubious, and I also um, was fo- like following it through this um, 
uh, I believe, YouTuber who is a lo actual lawyer, and she was kind of saying there's some challenging parts of it to prove, but um, the part about the um, where one someone's phone was seized for recording something, and they were sort of like trapped in a room until they gave like deleted it or something like that. Um, that was that she says that that is a pretty solid case of false imprisonment. Um, so yeah, yeah so we'll that, see. I don't even what's I just what's going on with this trial right now. I just did. I just did a quick Google. Well, there's, I don't think it's in trial. And you know what I mean, lawsuit. No, it's not. It's just the the latest thing, and this these are articles that came out just today about it. Were just headlines that say. Lizzo claims designers. Oh, is there a designer harassed? Is there another? Um, it was the dancers, but may, may, perhaps more people are involved now. Okay, so it seems like there are more cases. Okay, so this I did not do. Okay, I should have Googled this before the episode. Apparently now there's more lawsuits coming to uh, to to Lizzo for making a bad work environment now from the the de, a, a designer so we got a designer and some dancers now are all kind of hopping okay so that's so that's the that's the update i'm i that we have actually you know what this is breaking news this was supposed to be reflecting on an early uh, throughout the year but we actually do have some breaking news here which is that lizzo is being sued by the designer as well for the for harassment or something like that so <laughs> Good so journalism. <laughs> You're welcome. I did a Google. I did a Google search. All right. Okay. So, what's your number five, Sophie? Um. So my number five is Ozempic. Um. Yeah. Ooh. So trigger warning for discussions of weight. Just a heads up. I'm not gonna get into anything bad or anything like that. I just, you know, I want to be safe. Um. So Ozempic and other similar drugs are being hailed as miracle drugs by a lot of people. And um, what it is is um, essentially a, a weight loss drug that um, is being used to treat diabetes, um, but it also you know, has been used in general to, to lose weight and it also has benefits for um heart issues or, or and as, as well as um uh, addiction and stuff like that so um it's, it's a, a miracle, miracle drug. drug um well the th that's well the thing is is that there's been for forever decades there's been like diet pills and stuff like that that sometimes don't do anything or are horrible for you and all this and that and the ozempic stuff Yozempic and uh, Wagovi, they're all kind of the same thing, actually works really, really, really well to help people lose like a lot of weight very seamlessly and with very minimal side effects. So it's kind of like a miracle drug. And as Sophie kind of mentioned in there, there's also signs that could be helpful for helping people with like drug addiction and alcoholism and stuff like that too. So more to come on that, but... Well, yeah. the main reason I think this is so significant and is I do think that I think I, I mean I guess we'll have to wait and see, but I'm I'm hoping that this will have a great impact on our overall health. Um in general, well, just like a collect the collective health of 
the U.S. or and abroad. Um, not because, like, I don't want to say that, like, being fat or being at a certain weight is inherently bad. Or it's not bad or unhealthy, but there are certainly people who suffer from weight-related um, diseases and conditions that um, would benefit from this drug, not just to look thin. It's it's a it's a it's a literally something that extends your life for some people. You know what I mean? It's extremely, extremely exciting. This is, uh, heart disease is usually tops the list as like the number one form of yeah death in the United States. And these drugs cut the risk of that by I've seen studies saying up to twenty percent. So that's pretty huge. That's a that's a that's a transformative thing for a lot of people's lives. And I agree. I just I completely agree with Sophie. It's just completely. You know, I I know a lot of people when they hear about Wagovio Zempic, these drugs, they I think some people who maybe aren't familiar with it might just kind of you know, scoff at it and just think it's some superficial, oh, that's just people who want to be skinny drug. But it's it's really not about that. It's about reducing your risk of heart attack, heart disease, diabetes, you know, very serious medical issues. These drugs help significantly. And like I said, there's even science now it's, it's effective for reducing addiction and yeah, it's it's actually kind of nice to have some good some good medical yeah, some some good news. I completely some good, agree. Some good news. And also, I wanted to mention this too because when I was doing research for this episode, I saw that um, s- some sources saying that um, corporations in general um, are a little bit worried about Ozempic and other similar drugs because it has cut down on people's desire to consume in general, whether that means like buying food, like excess food or um, indulging in certain things or um, even um, indulging in other like habits like caffeine addiction or other things like that. Um, So apparently corporations are concerned about consumer behavior uh, changing as a result of these drugs. And to me, I think that's good. Like I don't, yeah, like absolutely great. That's great. That's great. More power to us, That's, I guess, to resist yeah. these um I would, corporations. I'm not saying everyone should be on those. I'm not on those. Yeah. Like that's not what I mean. I just mean like I thought that I thought that was a fascinating thing. Yeah, no, it's it's it is very interesting. Um, to see like yeah, that's I mean it's just it just we're just getting started, which is kind of the interesting thing too. As time goes on, these drugs are gonna get better cheaper you know just there's going to be continued innovation continued uh competitors coming because right now because it's just it's just kind of really entered the universe this year right now it's like really expensive and it kind of associated with basically like celebrities or people who are severely overweight who who kind of are prioritized by doctors to get it but as like competitor drug companies are making more, it's it's get it's already getting like a hell of a lot cheaper. So we'll see. It, it, it'll we're we're just getting started with how this is going to change our world. Yes, I'm very glad. I mean, I think like someone in my family definitely could have benefited from it, and they're no longer with us. So I I'm just hopefully this will help a lot of people. I agree. Anyways, um, what's your fourth topic? What's your fourth story? My fourth story 
is the Chinese spy balloon. Oh, that was this year. I thought that was 2022. Oh, no, it was this year. I think it no, was this year. Let me I think I'm now. pretty sure it's this year. It's this year. Yeah, it was this year. It was it was at the end of January of 2023. So oh, okay. yeah, so that was kind of weird. That was that was strange. That was a weird time. That was kind of fun, honestly. <laughs> it was fun. It was fun. I let's see what the heck was this thing? Because I remember this was this was was it even a spy balloon or was it? Well, they claimed it was a weather balloon, and then. I think we just assumed that it was not. Like, I think most people agreed that it was not a weather balloon. So what I'm reading here is following an analysis of the debris in June. So this was like three months later, four months later. U.S. officials stated that the balloon carried intelligence gathering equipment, but does not appear to have sent information back to China. So, and Hmm. then, I don't know, like... I honest, I bet, let me just, I, you know, it very well could have been a weather balloon. Like, for real, it could have been a weather balloon. Like, the, the, po- the point is, is the, the, the main takeaway of the story was, and still is, is it was very stupid. <laughs> because what happened was, it was a balloon that flew over America, United States flew over America from west to east and maybe even even if it was like the worst case scenario that it was legitimately a spy balloon sending information back to china about where specific things in the united states are located that really wouldn't be so bad because like that's that's information that's like pretty easily obtainable yeah, it's anyways like, what do they, like i'm assuming through TikTok, they and other things, they China probably already has a lot of information. <laughs> yeah, or or just regular old satellites in the sky, like Google Maps or whatever. You know, if you want to figure out where specific things are in the United States, go on Google Maps and zoom in. You'll figure it out. So it it was, but the, but what happened was Fox News and the Republicans were like. This is outrageous that Joe Biden is letting a Chinese balloon fly over our skies and how dare they how dare he let China humiliate humiliate us like this and you know initially when when people saw this balloon like a lot of the articles were like yeah it's we don't know what it is but you probably shouldn't shoot it down because the missiles you use to shoot it down cost like a million dollars each and the debris can kill someone, so it's probably not worth it, even if it is a spy balloon. But then it kind of turned into this whole thing where Fox News was like losing their mind over Biden's weakness to China. So then Bina was uh, Bina. <laughs> Biden went beast mode and was like, "How we gotta get this thing down? Take it down now!" And they shot it down. And now it kind of seems like doing a scan from this Wikipedia article. Like four months later, they were like, "So." It might have just been, like, nothing. Cool. <laughs> cool. So that was that was fun. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. Yeah, that was a special... I feel like that was, like, before shit hit the fan. Okay, so now I'm reading here that General Mark Milley said it was a spy balloon, 
but we know with a high degree of certainty it got no intelligence and didn't transmit any intelligence back to China. That sounds like bullcrap. Hmm. Either it's a spy. Like, I don't understand how it could be a spy. Like, what is it? Gonna just like, it, I don't know. It just it doesn't it doesn't ma- it just doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. Okay, I. It was fun. That's the, that was the main story. Is it was fun. Maybe it was collecting information. Maybe it wasn't. I don't know. Who cares? I think the the important thing was it spiced up our lives a little bit. All right. Well, speaking up, speaking of spicing up lives, that's my fourth one too. Is some some someone that wasn't not necessarily the most significant thing to ever happen, but defined a lot of the um, year with his antics, and that's George Santos. Um, I thought. It'd be wrong not to talk about him here just because like we're kind of focusing on like kind of fun, crazy stuff or like just, you know, it's pretty informal this this episode. So um, I feel like George Santos, besides Taylor Swift, I couldn't bring myself to talk about her on this episode. But besides Taylor Swift seems to be like a highly talked about person in pop culture, even though he's in politics. I was just think- I was just thinking of the story with the the thing that happened this week, but that's completely unrelated, and it's sh- it's shameful. I would dare dare make Wait, that what are connection. You about? What was that thing that happened this week in the the was it like House of Representatives, or was it in the Senate with the um the OnlyFans video? Oh, that. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Unrelated to the OnlyFans video filmed inside of the Senate room. I'm sorry, folks. My, I, I was think, I was trying to think of cameo, but my brain Only went to something fan. else. All okay. right, all right. Well, I guess George Santos has a connection to both OnlyFans and cameo because. Oh yeah, that's right. Okay, well there we go. He reportedly spent campaign funds on a lot of uh, non-campaign related things, including um, Hermes plastic surgery, Botox payments. Um, other personal credit card bills and other debts, travel to Atlantic City and Las Vegas without any connection to a campaign, um, and then a small amount, apparently, on OnlyFans subscriptions. So there is an OnlyFans connection. Um, This really got him in trouble, and he was uh, indicted on federal charges, and he was um, expelled from his position um so now what he's doing to uh get back on his feet is is a cameo and he's making like a ton of money on cameo because he'll say anything i love i love that his cam i love that he'll say anything on cameo because one it's funny but two it's also a perfect representation of who he is yeah he'll say anything for a no buck no shame no shame and will do anything for money. But he's charging like $500 a pop. So, yeah. For $500, I would say anything also. Very true. Well, not a- not, not anything, anything not but anything. within reason. Within reason. I would never say anything Republican. No, never. Um, <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, George is, is known for lying. He's lied about so many things. I can't even get into how many things he's lied about. Go read his Wikipedia page. It's a fun time if you haven't already. But yeah, I just, I feel like George Santos and his antics defined like a lot of the memes of this year and like 
the more fun side of politics, even though it maybe it's actually quite dark what he did, but um, I don't know. For some reason, just he was sort of hmm. he he became a little bit of an anti-hero um, and made his way into me. He spiced up our lives. Yeah, a little he bit. did spice up our lives, so that's why I included him. Yeah, I like um, I like how. It's like, you know, it's it's one of those things where it's like, it kind of reminds me just a teeny, teeny, teeny bit of like the whole Donald, just like Donald Trump, mm-hmm. Donald Trump's existence, mm-hmm. where you like, there's some things that Donald Trump says that is just so outrageous, you can't help but admit it's like a little bit funny. It's, it, it'll tickle, it tickles you a little bit. But then there's the other part of you that's like just completely disgusted, like something to me about people who, who are complete compulsive liars who feel no guilt, no shame, complete sociopaths, willing to to you know become a Republican, become someone who who's voting to do horrible things in order to gain more power and stuff like that. Just just scares me, and I, I hate people like that, like sociopaths. So I don't like him, but I, even though I, I have to admit, seeing his cameos go viral, it always it tickles me a little bit. All right, that's enough of the the word tickle for me, but yes. <laughs> George Santos tickles me a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay, no, he doesn't. Well. Uh, was that your third? That was or my no, fourth. that was your fourth one. Okay. All right, so yes, George Santos, definitely a defining figure of the year. All right, so my third topic news item that I wanted to reflect on was the the Wagner or Wagner, Wagner group Wagner group rebellion in Russia. And this was in June of 2023 and it lasted a day June 23rd into the 24th and I remember the night of the 23rd everyone was holding their breath like oh my goodness are we about to see Russia's government collapsed because we had this guy as a reminder that we had this guy Prigazin who who who's like a fascist dude he supports the invasion of Ukraine scumbag but he also was just like an egomaniac who had a really big social media presence and was criticizing the defense minister Shoigu of Russia and blaming Shoigu for the the poor performance of Russia's military and then all of a sudden, it looks like he's he's leading. Prigozhin is leading a coup of some sort, leading some rebellion, marching to Moscow. They manage to take a city. They take the city Rostov on Don, which is like a population of a million people, and they take they take a headquarters of like the military. So it's like it's just it's really bizarre because he's this this rebellion is just like shockingly successful like it but then right when they get to moscow prigazin kind of just gives up like it's almost like he didn't i mean it's like he it almost feels like he, he got further than he possibly expected um and he's basically like i'm done with this i don't want to do this and then a few months two months after exactly two months after the rebellion Prigazin was killed in a plane crash. 
along with other senior Wagner leaders. Wagner. So I wanted to, Wagner. The reason I I know well, how to I mean, say yeah, it they're Nazis. I, the the reason I know how to say it is because the composer. Yeah, the the composer who is also a not he's a like Hitler's super, favorite composer. Yeah, yeah, he's 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 got some classic some classic compositions that you've heard before because he's da, 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 you know, he's da, a big composer. Yes, but he's notoriously associated with Nazi Germany, Hitler and everything like that. So just obviously this group naming themselves the 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 Wagner Wagner. 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 You got it first. The right. Vag- okay. <laughs> Vagner. So the Vagner group, they tried to do a coup and they got really close and then they stopped and then everyone was, so then it kind of came this game of speculation was like, oh, was this all just a, uh, you know, like a, a false flag, like a secret operation that Putin was actually behind in order for Putin to consolidate more power. Cause it was just so weird. Everything about it was so weird. Um, but then, uh, but then this guy Prigazin died in a plane crash two months later. And I was like, Oh, okay. That's, that explains it. That that's what happened. So the reason I want to bring this up is one, it was just crazy. I remember I was at the, at a, um, avenged sevenfold concert that night. And the vocalist literally stopped and was just like, yo, I just want all of us to like stop fighting each other. Like what's happening in Russia, you know, right now with this, this, this rebellion, you know, I just don't like to see people dying or whatever. And I don't know. I don't remember exactly. It was like a, it was a valid good message, you know, like it was kind of a, it was kind of a, like objectively, yeah, like we don't want to see people die. But that was just kind of the, the the mood of the night was like it just kind of felt like we were about to see the entire world change. And then nothing happened, basically. So that was a crazy night. And also, I think there's an important like message because it's one of those things we all kind of forgot about. But like right now, the kind of, the, the news items around Ukraine are significantly less optimistic than six months ago, if not full-blown pessimistic, given that Republicans are becoming a little bit more or, or significantly more hesitant to give Ukraine any more aid, given that the, the Ukraine counteroffensive has, has come to, come to an, basically come to fruition and didn't take that much territory back from the, the, the occupier. Russia's occupied parts of Ukraine. So right now things are like, oh man, it looks like kind of it's like a stalemate right now between Ukraine and Russia. But one, I think this story highlights that this things could change overnight. You know, like if if some freaking weirdo prigazin weird freak could could like almost have a full blown coup in Russia just out of nowhere. You know, you, 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 this was six months ago. Like six months ago, it looked like you know that was going to be a change the whole world. Like, I'm saying Ukraine, I think, has done a mind-blowingly amazing job of defending their country. And I I think people need to just not let the pessimistic headlines get into their head too much, because literally this happened six months ago. So this was definitely one of the most 
interesting stories of the year. And obviously, I think there's going to be a hell of a lot more stuff coming around in 2024, just like this, that is just completely unexpected. Um, and hopefully won't, will be, will be good developments. Um, but yeah, just wanted to, I, I, it was one of those weeks where when, when, when the stuff was in the news, everyone was tweeting, like there are decades where weeks happen or (laughs) yeah, there are decades where weeks happens and weeks where decades happen or whatever, like the Lenin quote, like everyone was like thinking this was going to be a huge revolution and then it kind of fizzled out, but maybe next year, maybe next year there's going to be something like this that happens that's a little bit more, um, What's the word? Successful. More success. Well, I don't want to even call it successful because I, I, it's not really. It's kind of like you know the Wagner Group's bad, but um, sub. I guess like more with more substance. Like there's more more substantial. I guess is the word. I'm trying yeah, to say. I just meant like successful, as in like they actually achieved what they were doing. True. Although I have no clue what the hell they were trying to do, honestly. Yeah, that's <laughs> you know what a good I mean? Point. Like, I don't the know. whole thing is just like a little psychotic, even still. All right, so that was my third. What was number three? What was uh? What was your third? Barbenheimer. Oh. So Barbie and Oppenheimer coming out on the same day in summer twenty twenty three. Um, I remember there was a lot of fanfare and excitement and memes and op-eds and and marketing and I don't know it was just like a it was a time where everyone was sort of thinking about it and um not that I I didn't think that Oppenheimer or Barbie were my favorite movies ever to be made but I feel like the excitement like around it was something I haven't really seen in a long time um and it was fun to kind of experience it like as a collective you know what I mean well, yeah, I remember that was a really awesome week. We have that picture of you and I standing out front of that pink limo now. And yeah. And honestly, I felt like both movies were really and you you I you know, I know you kind of said this, but both movies were actually really damn good. Like really good. They were. They were. Like that was awesome. Like cuz it could have been so, cuz the thing is is like if one movie was really good and then let's say like Barbie was like pretty good but whatever then that would have kind of i mean it would still be a fun weekend because of the event but the fact that both movies turned out to be pretty darn awesome just made the whole weekend even more exciting yeah and also i feel like both of the films mutually benefited from each other i think that because of the barbenheimer phenomenon people who went to see barbie also went to see oppenheimer and then people who saw oppenheimer or wanted to see oppenheimer then went to see barbie um so yeah it was really not as much a competition as it was like a coat like collaboration yeah well that's a good point because the audiences probably for the most part would normally be pretty isolated with not that much overlap you know well maybe some oh no there's like there'd be some overlap wow so women can't watch nolan or care about the war oh you got that so wrong I was mm-hmm. saying that d- these dumb <laughs> men are going to go see Open- Oppenheimer, but they're going to be too, their their masculinity is going to be too fragile to see Barbie is what I was trying to say. Oh, but because okay. but, but because <laughs> of the phenomenon of Barbenheimer, lots of, I mean, honestly, Soph, 
I don't know, like, I might have not seen, I might have not gone to see Barbie if, if it wasn't for the Barbenheimer thing. Wow. You would have, I would have made you go. Okay, let me rephrase that. If I were single and they weren't on the same weekend, how about that? Then I probably would have <laughs> okay. only seen Oppenheimer. Well, there you go. You're one of those dumb men. I, oh, damn it. Just kidding. I, I walked right you into that. owned yourself. I walked right into that. You, I, w- I would never call you. No, I would have seen Barbie. You know, no, I would have seen. You owned actually, yourself. No, I'm sorry. You owned I'm yourself. sorry. I got my tongue all. I would have seen Barbie, but I wouldn't have seen Oppenheimer is what I meant to say. That's, but because oh, I'm right, dating, right, you know, you who, who loves history and everything, like you kind of dragged me to see Oppenheimer. So. <laughs> uh, girl. Well, I'm glad I saw it. You know, I learned. I didn't know about. N- nice save. I didn't, I didn't nice know that save. happened in Japan. And I'm so happy I went and learned. <laughs> I learned about it. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't know. I think it was just, it was a fun time. And I think like we saw Barbie in a crowd, like crowded theater, a bunch of people who were super excited and that was really cool. And then with Oppenheimer, we saw it at uh, Nighthawk Cinemas in Williamsburg and that was really fun. Yeah. We had, to, we got the tickets way so. in advance and it's, it, we didn't, yeah, that was, I I feel like we, we saw, we, we saw one on Saturday and one on Sunday, and that already felt like a lot. So I can't even imagine people who saw both in one day. Oh, I could never do. I'm sorry, I would never be able. Seeing to do seeing that. one one day and one the next day already felt like a little bit too much. But I mean, it was fun. But you know, um, it was a. It was something I felt like everyone did. Everyone know? did it, and it was kind of funny because everyone it was sort of was like everyone had their own Barbenheimer story, like. Which one did you see first? That's true. Which one? Everyone has their own Barbie. Everyone has story. like which which theater they went to, which they saw first. If they spread it out, if they saw it in one day, everyone has their own little thing. But you know, I have to say, Sophie, it does feel like in the Barbenheimer adventure, Barbie was the main character, and Oppenheimer was the 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 sidekick it was the supporting supporting role role, it really was i agree because everyone was agreed but oh no yeah well yeah no i i that's 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 uh just a just a just a feminism win that's all it means feminism feminism dub yeah actually the feminism rate among men went up by like 13 percent. so as a result of the barbie movie apparently men who identify as i think so no, I'm serious. That's a real. Really? Thought. No. <laughs> oh, you got no, me excited. Well, I mean, that could be that could be a really easy study. You know, like did. I know. I just like wonder if that helped helped feminism, the cause of feminism, and got men on board or not. It made me. It made me identify as an, a feminist too, like the. A feminist too, like squared. Yeah. Lovely. Okay, I want to hear your second one. What's your second one? My second one was also Barbenheimer. Oh my god! Okay, whoopsies. Well, that's kind of fun, though. That is fun. I wasn't sure if you were gonna put it on, but yeah, and you know, I put it as number two. So that just goes to show how much Barbenheimer meant to me this year. Oh, because that was a very fun weekend. Yeah, that was. That was. I remember. I remember like talking to people the next week about it. And it really, really, 
that worked. Yeah, or? and it really, really felt like like I was asking people how their Christmas was or how their Thanksgiving was or how their Halloween was. It was a yeah. holiday. It was a holiday yeah, it was like, for sure. Oh, good to see you. You know, what'd you do over spring break? But it says like, oh, what'd you do for the Barbenheimer <laughs> weekend? And I think the... T- yeah, I feel like... I, was yeah. just, I think the takeaway that I got away from it was society needs festivities and holidays because they a hundred that's exactly what I you know like to. that was a special it kind of reminded me of, oh remember another thing it kind of reminded me of like po- that pokemon go week yeah that's that's a good comparison when pokemon go came out and everyone was outside for the first time in a decade and everyone had fun but then yeah that was awesome <laughs> yeah it's fun when we all collectively go through something pot pot relatively positive you know yeah and and the movies were really good. Yeah, it wasn't a total letdown. I, I feel like Barbenheimer and like the anticipation painted my entire summer, you know? Yeah, yeah, that was that was the the event of the summer. Um yeah, just lots of people walking around in pink and stuff like that. Alright, so so because that was my number two, now we gotta hear your number two. Okay, my number two is the girl trend and i don't know if you know what i mean by this but there's been like a trend that over the past like the over 2023 where people started saying like um girl dinner have you heard that before i've heard of girl i've heard of girl, girl math and girl math that's what i want i want to talk about girl math and girl dinner um and my take my I just wanted to share my take on this. I don't think we we didn't even recover this on the podcast, but I feel like this year like memes, fashion, everything for women has been kind of defined by like this girlhood idea, like super hyper feminine, like young bows, everything like that. Um coquette that really like defined the year, I think. And, um, one of my mutuals, um, Ryan, um, she runs the account that adults on TikTok and Instagram and she's a fashion critic and, um, uh, she, she's really, really smart. And, um, she was basically discussing how this sort of hyper feminine girl blank vibe is almost infantilizing and not um productive it's not like as simple as like oh you can't like girly things it's more like why are we like so afraid of growing up and being women you know what i mean i know i sound dumb but um like the idea of like girl math meaning like women can't do math so you have to have like a special kind for girls is like it's 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 a fun joke but then it's also like oh this is really like (laughs) oh wait is infantilizing the, and like embarrassing girl dinner does that imply it's like a light small dinner yes so it's kind of like the yes. rupaul with a bunch of random it's like things the RuPaul tiktok i mean not tiktok tiktac the tiktac lunch it kind of is it's 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 usually like a charcuterie board it's like a bunch of like random things assembled the i don't know the girl dinner thing is not as like insulting necessarily but it's like 
damn, are, why aren't we eating full meals? You know what I mean? But, like, okay. This is... So I'm going to pry because I don't really know this room too much. I'm going to ask questions. So are these memes, when women post it, it's got to have some self-awareness that this is, like, misogynistic, right? Right? I, I mean, I don't think it's intended to be misogynistic. I think it's, like, the way someone else I saw put it was basically, like, We've given up on the ability of feminism to work. The girl boss era failed. So now we've sort of developed an apathy and rather we're embracing our position in the eyes of men because in some ways it benefits us. Like if you can't do real math, they'll just like have a man do it for you and you'll be like a stay-at-home wife. Like like the idea of retreating into that because it's easier. It's not easier, but it, that it feels easier, you know what I mean, to just be apathetic about feminism and um play play the part of a woman and deal with the misogyny but you know twist it to your benefit kind of thing. That's sort of the way I think a lot of people are women are are engaging with feminism right now. Gotcha. So it kind of does sound like a little bit like people who are posting this like acknowledge that it is misogynistic but they're they're kind of like owning it and rec- like own, just owning it and working with it yeah have you heard of bimbo feminism yes basically like i'm a bimbo but i also am a radical left like it's really just the idea is like being ironic like you you look like what a man would call a bimbo but you're actually intelligent, politically engaged. But it's it's insulting and it's not usually it's usually not actually done in full irony. Um hmm. I feel like this is like a I am not very good at speaking on this. Like I would definitely go to that adult's TikTok cuz she's really smart about this. This kind of sounds to me like a like a like a pendulum. You know what I mean? Like Yes, like, it is. Like it is. Maybe women got a little bit tired of of trying with the feminist stuff. Yes. And now they're doing this and then they'll probably get tired of this too and be like, wait, this is kind of like a played out meme that actually it's not yep. fun. And then then you'll see a lot of like feminist stuff again in like a year. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think this like kind of, this like post leftist reactionary genre of meme, it pops its head once in a while. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It pops its head once in a while. Yeah. So yeah, I I just kind of want to say like that was a defining thing, like girl math. But it's 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 just math, guys. Like let's be, let's be. And I love girly things. I love bows. I love I love it all. I just I think, I think it's it's we 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 need to grow up just a little. You know, bit. the smartest person I've ever met met when it came to math was a uh, was mm. a woman. Yeah. No. It's. I mean. Her name was. There's there's such thing as being bad her, at her math. Her name was but... Jonah Varka. Oh my god, <laughs> you got me. You, you 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 solved my heart plus your heart equals love. Oh, <laughs> see, see that's a that's girl math. Thing. Yeah, that was kidding. girl math. Oh, that's sweet. That, was that is sweet. See, boys can that's boys sweet. can do girl math too. So maybe it's not girl math. Well, you were saying so. You were saying I'm the best at math. But the math in question was about love and not actual real math. I did. I did a misogyny, so didn't I? No, you didn't. No, it was cute. It was sweet. Okay. So, 
Okay. Right. I want to hear your number one. What's, what's your number one? All right. Um, so my number one is Donald Trump's mugshot. Oh, I knew you were going <laughs> to do know, this. I, I knew. I was going to ask you to guess, but I was like, I'm just going to say it. She's She knows what it is probably already. Yes. So... What a, what, a, what day. a day. So the the funny thing is, Sophie, is the mugshot, it came out in August of this year. Really? And that's like, what, like four months ago? So that's like nothing. Anyways, the point is, is Trump... Okay, so it was only, it was four months ago, and that's not really not that long ago. And literally, mm-hmm. no one cares anymore about the mugshot. No, I know. I totally forgot about it until today because I was actually considering it on my list as well. But you left it off because you knew you needed to give me the spotlight to... to, to, to. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. That was sweet of you. Well, anyway, what I was trying to say is before well. it came out, and this is you've heard this conversation a million times, it's like when the Trump mugshot comes out, one of two things is going to happen. Either this is going to be the straw that breaks the camel's back, and it's finally going to sink in to millions of Americans who support him that they support a sociopath, and they've been played. Or, mm. or like the many other bad things that he's done, no one's going to care, and everyone's going to move on, and he's going to continue being at the top of the polls and stuff like that. And obviously the second thing happened, and as of, as of now, with Sophie and I talking about Trump right now, mid-December 2023, Trump is like leading Biden in the polls even by a, a decent amount. So Trump is doing very, he's doing perfectly fine. And the mugshot obviously didn't hurt. It really. It didn't hurt him. It might have helped him. Who God knows. Who knows what happened with that. As usual with Trump, something that should get him in a lot of trouble only helps him or or we just forget about yeah so when i see the mugshot i feel a lot of emotions i feel one like a little bit of happiness that finally he's put in his dang place which is he has to face Mm -hmm. some consequences of the legal system and hopefully he goes to jail we'll see probably not but we'll see and it was fun to make memes. It was about fun to make. It. Yeah, that was how I kind of experienced it. I've made has a few viral. Yeah. Yes. Mugshot edits myself. Yes, exactly. So uh, there's a part of it me when I see it, it's like a little bit of that fun, good feeling of Trump getting owned. But then there's also a decent amount of bad feeling of like, oh my god, this guy, this dude literally has a mugshot now. And he just looks like a fascist crook in the picture. And this dude is is still very popular and has a lot of support and might end up being president again. Like so it's very it's like it's it's it, I can't really just have all that much fun with it. Because it's kind of like an uh the photo itself is like a a symbol of America just sucking really bad in a way. And that makes me a little bit sad. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. But 
But well, we got a lot of likes on Instagram when we posted memes of it. That's all. And that's that all that matters. Sophie and I are here for Patreon subscribers. We're here for Instagram followers. Sorry. Okay. You give give us your number one. <laughs> all right. Can you guess what mine is? Oh. Is it um, Roe versus Wade? <laughs> <laughs> I think that happened I don't, last I'm year. I'm sorry, Sophie. I don't know what you're doing. What is it? No, it's okay. It's okay. No, mine is the submersible. Oh, god damn it. That's, of course, number one, of course. I'm surprised you didn't have it on your list. Well, yeah. You know what's funny is I, I remembered it. I, for, I completely forgot about it, but I remembered it during this conversation because remember how I said the Avenged Sevenfold vocalist like did like a little like we need peace and stuff like that kind of conversation while he was yeah he all that was actually like that happened i think the same week as the submersible and so he was like say he he actually he actually in his little his his little speech he he gave he 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 both kind of like said he wanted peace in ukraine and was disturbed by the stuff happening in Russia. And he also said he was disturbed also by because by by this time of the week the the submersible conversation had had like deteriorated into people fighting over the the correct you know emotional response to 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 billionaires dying in the submersible. So he was like kind of saying he also was like saying like you know no guys we shouldn't be you know, celebrating people dying or whatever. So it was, it was just like a, it was like that, that, that's so, so that was the mental connection I made, but no, I didn't put it on my list because I forgot about it. And even if I remembered it, I probably wouldn't put it on my list anyways, because that gave me brain damage. Okay. Fair enough. Well, yeah, the submersible, I I feel like I had to include it because it was one of the most like remarkable, like kind of cinematic things to happen this year again not necessarily the most important thing to happen this year but just something i thought was fascinating and kind of defined a lot of the year the 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 freaking submersible should have been the person of the year 2023 oh my god or what's his name uh I almost said Hawkins Fuller, who's a character from uh, uh, <laughs> Fellow Travelers. By the way, to the listeners, on Fellow Travelers is amazing. Go watch it. Yeah, go watch it. Um, no, I was actually referring to Stockton Rush. <laughs> Stockton Rush. Yes. I don't know. It wasn't quite enough to discuss, like, to have him be the time person of the year. But I don't know. I just find that story crazy. They made their experimental submersible. Yeah. They were able to get a, get away with doing it because it was just slowly breaking apart. And then those unlucky people just got in at the worst time. Yeah. And I don't know, like the fact that they were really wealthy kind of paint, like informed a lot of the story. Because that was like a lot of the discourse was about that. And like if we should be celebrating this or... I don't know. I I'm always feel a little weird about celebrating death, regardless of well, who is dying. I think at this point, 
And especially because there's a 19-year-old boy. Well, yeah, that's right. Well, I, I have to say, I can digest this story a lot better now, now that I know they died instantaneously. Um, yeah, I mean, although I think they did know they were going to die before they died because they were hearing cracks. They They were probably hearing cracks in the hall, like, a minute or two before and like they probably were anticipating something okay but that's 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 a million times better than what we all thought that's true like we all like uh, me and most people were were visualizing like five people in pitch black at the bottom of the ocean for like three days while they're running out of oxygen you know what i mean like that i think was that that also like just like the the level of mental distress of horror horror. so that was that was also just like an additional twist so i like literally this story repulsed me because it was just it just like my like all i could think of was like oh my god imagine if i was in that like torture chamber essentially so now i can actually digest the story and yeah the discourse that week was just so bad but we're that's in the past now now that now we're, now that it's been enough time, I can actually go further. I support, I support the submersible. I support I support the submersible. I'm pro billionaire. I'm pro. I'm pro. I'm pro. I'm pro paying money to go look at the Titanic. Well, that's the thing. A lot of people are saying like, why would anyone ever want to do that? And when people said that, I I disagreed. Like, I don't think I would have done it. First of all, I couldn't afford it. Second of all, I think I'd be too afraid to do it myself. But as someone who loves Titanic, is really fascinated by the Titanic and its history, I think it would be very fascinating to actually see it in person. So I don't want to hate on that desire because I think I think that's a very natural <laughs> desire to want to see that. I don't know why people say they wouldn't. I mean, I know... It is associated with tragedy, so that does make sense. But for me, it, like it's such an iconic historical event that I would be fascinated and I'd, I would want to see it. But I, don't, I couldn't afford it and I'd also be too afraid. So I, I didn't really understand the, the backlash against the desire to see it. Yeah, no, of course not. I think people were just kind of... At, at some point, I think the discourse kind of spiraled into... Everyone was grasping for straws to justify their take on whether they were pro these people dying or anti these people dying. And like, I feel like that's just like a real bottom of the barrel justification to like justify why you're posting online that you're happy these people are like suffocating to death at the bottom of the ocean. I don't know. Anyways. Uh, sorry to the listeners that we had to we had to you know tap this conversation back open, but it really I think Sophie I think you're you're pretty spot on to put it as number one, as the number because like look it's already sucking it's a black hole of discourse it's already sucking us in back to talking about every damn angle about this awful story. Yeah, I don't know. I just thought it was kind of like a cinematic, like insane thing that happened. <laughs> I agree. So, yeah. Yeah. So, All right. Well, anything else? <laughs> Remember when we brought up the submersible on the Wise Blood interview we did, and even Wise Blood was like, "Oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah," she was. She into was into it. it too. Yeah. 
So she had similar thoughts as as we yeah. did, which was um. She she spoke to the hubris of mankind, which is also kind of a fascinating idea. And it, it, the experience with the submersible, what happened with submersible, attempting to to do something that man hasn't really done that much or at all, or like experiment, like you know, with you know, and then it fails. It's so it's it's poetic, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think that's yeah. um, that's that's. That's uh, that's that's uh, good episode. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I just real quick, you know, people might obvious people might be scratching their heads and like asking about like, you know, what what about the the you know, war in Gaza right now? Why is that not on our lists? Or why is the Turkey earthquake not? You know, there was a lot of there was a lot of really really heavy stuff that happened this year, obviously. We did not include in this episode. The the goal was to just just talk about like overall fascinating stories that happened, and they're not necessarily like the most important. The most important things are the yeah. So that's just a important disclaimer. All right. With that, I think we're at the end. Um, thank you all for listening. We really appreciate it. Thanks for being a base news networker for the year of twenty twenty three. We appreciate it so much. Um, it's almost been like maybe even over a year and a half since we started the show. So thank you all for listening and supporting us. And um, thank you to our Patreon subscribers. We really appreciate it. It helps us do what we do every week for y'all. So thank yes. you so much. And real quick, I'm going to plug because this is the last episode. Well, we're going to have a Patreon episode coming out next week. But also, real quick, I wanted to plug, though, um, I have, my band Fireman has an EP coming out January 1st uh, The ba- uh, called Territorial Ooh. Conquest 2024. So if you really want to support me, one easy way you could do that is just stream it when it comes out on January 1st. Thank you all. Check out Kaya's music when it comes out. Yes. This has been Based Based News News Network. Network. Bye. Bye.